In the last 10 years, our field has gone from an unknown specialty to a household name. This brings unprecedented opportunities, but we need to rise up to meet them and give our patients the care that they deserve. In order to help others get better, we need to be better. This podcast will help you to become more confident with your patients, more successful in your practice or business, and a leader in pelvic health. And we're going to have some fun along the way. Join us as we rise together. We're Jesse and Nicole Cozine, founders of Pelvic Sanity Physical Therapy and the creators of the Pelvic PT Huddle. And this is Pelvic PT Rising. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Pelvic PT Rising podcast with Jesse and Nicole Cozine. Hey Nicole. Hello. All right, talking today about some of my favorite things to think about, things to track in your business. This falls under business systems, which again is one of the three major pillars of business. So we're going to be going through what to track, why, and you guys at the end are going to be able to make a decision or see how many of these things are you paying attention to, not just occasionally, or, you know, Nicole's always had one of like, oh, I could figure that out if I really wanted to, but how many of these do you actually know and are you actually looking at in a regular fashion so that you can use these to guide your business? So we're going to talk about that. It is June. We're coming to you from Hawaii, actually. So aloha. Aloha. And we're going to be talking about our accelerator program. You will be able to register for that this month. So more details on that will be coming out. But that is a six-month coaching intensive for existing business owners who want to take your practice to the next level. So you can find more about that and get on the wait list for it at pelvicptrising.com slash accelerator. I think we have 65, 66 people already on the wait list and we haven't even really talked a whole lot about it yet. So we're really excited for this. I think this is going to be a game changer for you, kind of no matter where you are in your business. But Nicole, I think these metrics or things to track are things that a lot of times we get wrong. We certainly did as we were starting off. I don't know if anybody who's we've worked with has actually had these dialed in when we started working together. But either people tend to track too many things and they get overwhelmed. There's so much information that they're trying to pay attention to. Or we kind of give up and we don't track anything at all. And the only thing that you're really tracking is you look at your bank account every couple of days and you see, is there more money in there than there was last time or more money in there than I was expecting? And you're on that kind of roller coaster. Is that pretty fair to say, Nicole? Yeah, I think that that's fair to say. And then I always like to talk about this middle group of people that, like you said, that think they're tracking something or that like, well, I could get that information, but then you actually never do. So I don't really care if you think you can do it or you're like, oh, it can't be that hard. I know where to find that information. The real point is, is are you actually doing it? And are you doing it at a regular interval that you could catch something before it becomes a huge problem? And that's really what we want for all of you. We do not want you guys to freak out about these numbers, but we also need to be looking at them and not scared of them so that if there's something that we're seeing, a trend, for instance, that is not going in a great direction, that you would actually know what to do with it. So there's there's the tracking of the numbers and then there's the interpretation of what the actual problem could be 
with the numbers. And this is where I feel like there's so much information out there now that there wasn't out there when we started Pelvic Sanity, but then everyone has something a little bit different. And then this is where Jesse's superpower as like an efficiency nerd comes in, because we've worked really hard to make sure that we're only tracking things that we need to, and that we are tracking things that give us important information and information that's actionable. So go ahead and speak a little bit to that, Jess. That is huge, right? Because if it's not actionable, then why are we paying attention to it? So something like cancellation rate falls into this category for me. Sometimes there are things you can do to reduce your cancellations, but the lady who schedules out 12 appointments and then cancels her 11th one three months in advance because she forgot that she was going to be going on vacation that week, What does that tell you that she canceled it? Literally nothing. It tells you you did a good job scheduling your route that far. So is this something that's actionable? Is it something that is pointing us in the right direction? And we think of these metrics as really the check engine light. So is there something wrong with our business, right? The check engine light doesn't have every single thing that's wrong with your car. You wouldn't have enough room on the dashboard to do that. But what does it do? It starts to have a problem. You see it, and then you can take a deep dive. That's exactly what your business metrics are designed to do. So let's go ahead and dive into these, Nicole. And these actually track pretty closely with the pillars of business. Why? Because those are the things that are, are important. So we talk about those three pillars. Again, we're talking about sales and marketing. We're talking about business systems, and we're talking about clinical excellence. So in sales and marketing, the two things that I want you to be thinking about tracking are your leads, So every single one of you should have a call log where every single one of the people who reach out to you, whether it is by email, a form on your website, if they call, if they DM, if they send a carrier pigeon, if it's a smoke signal, I don't care. It goes on your call log. And then you're tracking those number of leads as they come in. Now, why is this important? Because this is one of the biggest leading indicators no pun intended, of how your business is doing. So if you're on that roller coaster that a lot of solopreneurs are on early on, where you know one week you've got a lot of people in and you get really busy, and then a couple weeks later, all of the leads fall off, well, the way you would have known that was going to happen was if you were tracking your leads. It's a natural thing, but that's something we want to avoid. And seeing that our leads are dropping when we stop doing our marketing, when we stop reaching out, is going to tell us that, hey, we can expect a drop-off. We're going to fall off a cliff at some point. And so that's one of the things to smooth that out is, is following up with those leads. The next piece there is conversion rate. This is really how are you doing with sales? What percentage of the people who reach out to you actually book an initial evaluation? And that's a huge statistic, right? Because if that's a really poor number, let's say that's, I don't know, 25% of the people who reach out, which sometimes it is if we're not really confident in what we're presenting and our model and how we speak, then getting more leads in the door doesn't do us a whole lot of good because we can't convert them. We got to focus on that conversion side and that sales side and how we actually speak to patients and uh, give our value and all of that. Because going out and just doing more workshops, getting more leads, another social media post isn't going to help because even if people reach out to us, they don't end up scheduling. Yeah, so conversion rate's another thing that I think that all y'all have a lot of excuses for. Well, this is where everybody's limiting beliefs come in. This is where all everyone's money mindset first starts to show up because 
by if your conversion rate's ter- bad and you have, are getting the number of leads, then it can't possibly be your fault that, that they're not scheduling, right? What are all of the 8 million other excuses that, well, that person really called and she wanted to use her insurance. That person really called and they were actually not a good fit for the clinic. That person, right? It's all of the yeah butting. So a lot of times when we work with people, we get our first amount of yeah buts in when we start talking about the conversion rate. So some of you guys might be feeling a little bit called out there, but I want you to know too, this is a skill. This is something that it takes reps, it takes training, it takes having a script. So if you're not doing this that well, that's totally normal early on in your business. It's one of the reasons we put together the Accelerator Program. We talk about this a ton in our mentorship because, yeah, maybe you might get there, but it might take you three or four years to get really good at this with trial and error. And we'd rather that process take three to four months instead. So as we move on now, we're going to talk about things in the clinical realm. But those were the first two we're talking about for sales and marketing. One is your leads and two is your conversion rate. Now we're going to move to the clinical side. And again, clinical excellence is a pillar of your business. And you have to be confident in that. So eval to visit ratio. And we talked about this on a podcast, I think last week. But when we're talking about clinical excellence, are people coming for their full plan of care? Are they bought in? Are you getting the results that you want with your people? That's what appointment to eval ratio measures. And then the other one, the kind of converse, is your forfeit rate. What are the number of people who come in for three visits or fewer? They know where you are. They know what you cost. They walk in the door. They see you for your initial evaluation. And they look you in the eye and say, you know what? I don't think you can help me. In fact, they don't actually look you in the eye and say that. What they do say is, I need to go check with my husband, or I'm not sure about my calendar, or I'll give you a call back, or it's not me, it's you, and uh, I'll call you uh, never. It's not me, it's you. (laughs) It's not you, it's me. (laughs) I was never very good at breaking up with people, guys, clearly. (laughs) Forfeit rate something that is like nails on a chalkboard to me, you guys, and this is another place where all of your excuses come in. So this is where somebody is like, you know, well, I'm not sure. Like they said that they maybe were just going to see me for a couple of times and then go use their insurance somewhere else. They just wanted to get started with me and see what I thought or just a myriad of other. They were coming from so far away. They found out that their insurance wasn't going to do what they thought. Right. There's a lot of those that are coming in. But this is where the forfeit rate. If you think about what the word forfeit means, if you think about all of like the the sports analogy with it, a forfeit's really freaking annoying. And a forfeit is usually something that like, it means the other person is kind of a disaster. And and they're just kind of like, you know what? They didn't think that was that important. Whatever. You know, they got in a little bit of traffic and they're just like not going to show up. It's super like annoying and disrespectful, actually. Because they're not even giving it a chance. That's really what the forfeit rate is, right? You didn't even play the game. You forfeited. And they forfeited because they didn't have confidence that they had a chance to win, basically, right? They, they threw in the towel because you didn't give them the confidence that they were going to get a win. And again, if you feel a little bit challenged with that, like that is part of the challenge of this. And so, especially if you guys have a cash practice and you haven't done that before... You really have to focus on that clinical excellence and buy-in. And the last one in this clinical realm are your drop-offs. Are you calculating and figuring out the people who are falling off your schedule? And I think this is actually kind of a, a really big 
flaw that we see, I think just in general and like the whole physical therapy realm. But a lot of times, especially if you've been an employee at a place that was relatively busy, you weren't really used to paying attention to where some of those people went because your schedule was just full. And if somebody dropped off, that was kind of fine because you had another evaluation coming in the door. And now if you run your own business, that's literally the worst thing that can happen because it is so much harder to go out and find another person and get them on the phone and convert them than it is to just take care of the people that you have. And if they're dropping off, they're not becoming raving fans. They're not getting the results that they want. They're not telling all of their friends and family about you. So is that something that we're looking at? At Pelvic Santa, we check that weekly, and we're talking about that with each of the clinicians on where is Mrs. Jones because Mrs. Jones is not where she's supposed to be because she's not here. Totally. This is something that is so important that you make a big deal in your clinic, and if you're a solopreneur, you need to make it a big deal for yourself. Whenever somebody walks into the clinic at Pelvic Sanity and I see somebody, like an evaluation on my schedule, it's like, that's my person. We're like the ride or die together. We're going to fix this problem. We're going to get you better than you ever thought you could be before. And so if somebody like doesn't come back or they forget to schedule an appointment and we and we don't have a system at the front desk to get them back in, then that's a clinician should be like, where is so-and-so and have a system for that? And so it's really important that we do that to make sure that we are getting the people the results that they came in for and beyond. And this is where you can really tell, like, what kind of therapist do you want to be? What kind of service do you want to provide? Is it just simply symptom resolution? And I would argue that all of us need to look well beyond that into optimizing pelvic floor health, building resiliency in the system. And so that takes time. And that's but a lot of times once people get down with the symptoms, then they start to get a little squirrely. And that's a a really important transition period to be able to communicate that we still have a shit ton of work to do in order to have the outcome that this clinic gets for you. And that's where I really want you all to look, take a hard look and be like, are you actually seeing people in the way that you believe we should be? And that's where we can talk about these drop-offs. All right. And so the last two that I want us to hit on are really kind of global measures of how well the clinic is doing. And so one of these is fill rate. And this just means of the available appointment slots that you have, how many of those are filled? And this is going to encompass a lot of different things, right? This is really the overall health of the clinic. How well are you doing at your sales and marketing? Are you getting a lot of people in the door? Are you having clinical excellence? Are you keeping people in the door? And ultimately, all of that comes into this fill rate. We would want that to be at least 90%. So for example, if you were a solopreneur and you had about 20 spots open on your schedule each week, How many of those are actually full? Is it 20 out of 20? Your fill rate would be 100%. Is it 5 out of 20? Your fill rate would be 25%. We would want that to be like 18 plus, especially as a solopreneur, and have that really be consistent. And so fill rate also takes into account how well you are calling someone back on your wait list and how much those people are like, oh my gosh, are jonesing to get in. So there is a lot of other things too that that show us that patients are like picking up what you're putting down and the amount of people that are on your wait list is one 
the and then how much they're actually jumping on those appointments is is another one. And so that can also go into your fill rate, right? So if you have someone cancel, no big deal, which is why we don't take into account the cancellation rate as a metric of how well your business is doing. But we do take into account the fill rate because that also means that you should have a wait list and those people on the wait list should be so excited to get in that they get snatched up super fast. So that's a global measure of how well the business is doing is that fill rate. And the last thing to be calculating, this is the seventh thing on here, this is your profit margin. And this is something we, I think, sometimes get a little bit uncomfortable talking about. Uh, especially as newer business owners, and there's often an emotional charge around money, and it just is, it's difficult for us to talk about. But for one of the things that we've seen in our surveys, about 80% of you guys out there say that you're not making as much money as you'd like to be. That statistic is actually mind-blowing. So four out of five business owners feel like they aren't making the money they need to be or they should be. And if you're feeling that way, sometimes the thing is to put your head in the sand and to not look at it and to kind of run away from that. But we need to know what is our profit margin. Basically, for every dollar that comes into the business, how much of that ends up in our pocket? We need to know that in order to understand what we actually need to be doing in the business to make what we need to be making. That needs to be right. We Sometimes I think we just get intimidated by the finances side. We get a little bit, again, emotionally charged around it instead of being able to look at it objectively and say, hey, with what my profit margin is, how many patients do I need to see? What do I need to charge in order to make what I need to be making for myself, for my family, for my retirement goals, for all of those different things? One of the things we talk about a lot in Rising is that there's no difference between your business finances and your personal finances. It's almost impossible to be really confident in one of those and struggle in the other area because as small business owners, it's all one. That's what we're using to feed our family. We can't just say, oh, my business finances are a mess, but over here personally, I'm doing fantastic or vice versa. Those are one and the same for us as small business owners. So do you know what your profit margin is? Is that something that you're looking at at least quarterly? And especially if things are changing in the business, we talked about early on in your business, it's a brand new business every six months. Well, we need to be calculating that. If you have hired somebody, if you are getting bringing on an admin, if you are moving to a bigger space, if you are spending a lot of money on a high-low table or gym equipment, what is that doing to your profit margin? And this is also another area where it's just a little pet peeve and a little bugaboo of both Nicole and I, but it's like when you see people bragging about their revenue, like nobody cares about your revenue. Amazon had a boatload of revenue, but they lost money for their first 15 years of business. So it doesn't matter to anybody who's a real business owner when you sit there and say like, oh, my revenue is six figures, high six figures, seven figures, multiple seven figures. Cool. What's your profit margin? That's the first thing that a business owner is going to want to know. So that's the thing that you want to be paying attention to. It's something you want to be calculating at least quarterly and making sure that you have a handle on the finances of your business. All right, folks. So there you have it. These are the seven things that we think you should be tracking. They are the most important things to be tracking, and they're the things that are going to make it actionable for you to go in and fix the things and figure out what the heck is going on in your business if they're not tracking where you think that they should be. So to summarize, here we are. Number one, you're going to track your leads. This is on a call log. Number two, you're going to track the conversion rate, which is the number of people that turn into evaluations 
from those leads. Number three is that you're going to start tracking the eval to visit ratio or the average length of plan of care that somebody goes to your clinic for. Number four is the forfeit rate. This is the type of drop-off that is the number an eval plus two visits or less. Number five is you're going to just do drop-offs. We do this weekly at Pelvic Sanity, but these are the people that are sort of lost in the ether. They should be coming in and they're not. What the heck is going on with them? Number six is the fill rate of your schedule. And number seven is your profit margin. So that's seven things total. And what I want you to do right now is give yourself a score. How many of those things do you actually know? Not, oh, Nicole, I have to go look and check. I could probably figure that out in some way. But how many of those are you actually currently tracking? And how many of those things do you actually know? Like you could tell me an answer, be like, oh, hold on, Nicole, let me go check my wherever you have this and be able to do that. No excuses. I don't want you guys to be scared of this. If you give yourself a zero, then that's great. We just actually, it's not great, but we need to be then thinking like room for improvement, right? There's room for improvement. So again, give yourself a score out of seven and let us know what it is. I want you to DM me. That's at Nicole Cozine DPT. So send that over just with the number. What is it out of seven? I hope this has been really helpful for you guys. I know this is an area that can be challenging for us. You guys, as clinicians, went through years and years of schooling to be good at the clinical side of what you're doing. And the business side often feels like a mystery. And sometimes we just want to put our head in the sand and not calculate any of these things. But I promise it's not as intimidating when you're walked through with it. It's one of the things we focus on in the Business Accelerator course that will be coming out soon. So if that's something that's interesting to you or you're looking at your numbers and saying, hey, these aren't where I want them to be or I want to feel like I have a better handle on what's going on, Business Systems is one of the pillars of business. Make sure you go to pelvicptrising.com slash accelerator. Get on the wait list for that program. It's going to be so much fun. It's going to be a great community. It's going to be transformative for your business. And we're really, really excited to be bringing it to you guys. So with that, as you know, we always want to keep this conversation going. And let's continue to rise. Rise.